0: Previously on Tales of the Voidfarer
1: The Salvager's Guild are and always have been a bunch of pricks. Suzerain will have my head if I give you anything else. The Salvager's Guild won't work with the Zenith Syndicate if we keep leaking information to you. The Voidfarer keeps getting in their way. I was going to smile and say, Oh, and that's just the way we like it. It's the Zenith Syndicate, right? They've been causing all sorts of trouble since they taken over the asteroid prison run by the Grey Dwarves. I don't believe you would have had the pleasure of meeting our purser of the void Fair. Everyone, this is uh, Yuri Marnovic. Ah, pleasure to meet you all. My name is Yuri.
2: Thank you, Yuri. I already like you. You're one of my favorites.
1: Captain, we've come out of spell jamming speed. There's two ships. You see the flag of the Zenith Syndicate and the other ship are flying the colors of the Salvagers Guild. Captain, if we are careful and keep our distance, we can skirt by unscathed. Everyone to their stations, we're interceding. see a marlin, which is this smaller spell jamming ship in the general shape of a swordfish and it is flying the colors of the Salvager's Guild. And it is being accosted by a ship the likes of which you haven't really seen before. It is a ship about the same size as the Voidfarer. However, it doesn't have any sails. It has a single mast that is flying the flag of the Zenith Syndicate. But what strikes you is this ship is made out of stone. It is this dull gray color and you can see the stone textures as it's illuminated by the pinpricks of the dual suns off in the distance towards the front of the ship you see that it is shaped like the sideways head of a double-sided dwarven axe these wide blades sticking out to the port and the starboard on the front of this ship. You see right behind it is this massive stone ring suspended, separated from the body of the ship that is lit with orange arcane energy. And you see two smaller rings floating to each side of the ship with the same orange arcane energy as these rings slowly rotate, and you can kind of see glyphs etched into them. This is a dwarven droger. It seems like it's mostly enclosed. There's a rather small top deck that you see crew beginning to emerge from below and toss grappling hooks over to catch this marlin and pull it abreast. And they seem to be preparing to board. Val starts shouting commands to the crew. Riggers, man the sails. Extend the flank booms and prepare for combat maneuvers. Gunners, down on the gun deck. Prep for a volley on the port side cannons. Hold on my mark. And then she says, after that fire, come back up to the top deck. You'll be on the boarding party. Elwyn, Laney, Marco, Luckbeak, Kensley, Ismani, and Kale provide range support from the gunwales and help the boarding party however you can. Orella, Scriv, Brohane, and Doc hang back and support the fighters. Keep our people alive. She climbs the stairs up onto the quarterdeck and takes her stand on, like, the captain's rostrum, where, like, the helm of a sailing ship would be, except there's no wheel. There's a pipe that extends up from the deck at this location, and Val is going to speak into it. Salon, I hope you're not asleep at the helm. Prepare for a dragon siege maneuver. Everyone around seems to be running to their stations following Val's orders. You guys have received your orders. What are you guys doing?
0: Can you repeat what she told Ravnus to do?
1: Ravnus, you are with the gunners. Okay. So you were instructed to go down below deck and prepare the port side cannons for a volley. And then after that shot, you're to come back up and help the boarding party.
0: Okay, so then uh, she's going to do that. She's going to go down below deck. Um, Luckbeak
1: and Marco. I think
3: we were both assigned the same task. Yeah.
1: You were instructed to provide ranged support from the top Sh- deck.
3: Yeah. Sure. So. Well, I have absolutely no experience with that, but I'll give it a try. You have a crossbow. <laughs> well, oh, that's, okay. That's what
1: she means. She means like with your ranged weapons or magic.
3: Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay.
1: You can see that the other people given that instructions specifically Elwin. He's a half elf ranger-looking guy with a longbow. He He's taking that position. Laney has a crossbow and you see Kinsley has retrieved a crossbow and Kale has grabbed one too.
3: Okay. I head up on top deck with my crossbow. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: Marco is extremely tentative. He is a man of science, not really a man of fight. So, um, he's kind of like, he's doing as he's told, but you could tell there's a very strong apprehensiveness to him. He's not used to being given command to get ready to give range support. Right. Because he's, he's probably like hanging towards the back, kind of like, all right, you know, I got ice knife, but, uh, let's, let's do this.
1: <laughs> and you see that you're not the only one kind of feeling that way. Ismini, who was also given that same instruction, she is like a fledgling mage herself. She is not as experienced as you are. She's like, you know, undergrad wizard. To your grad school wizard. <laughs> <laughs> and none of us are professors. <laughs> right. And she is uh, like Riley's age. Yeah. So she has her spellbook in hand, but she seems nervous herself. You guys get into place and you see that the riggers are climbing into the sails and they're unfurling these sails that are shimmering with arcane energy. And you've been on the ship long enough to know that when Salon has the ship pull into certain maneuvers from the spell jamming helm, these like arcane threads in the sails will alight. And you get the impression that the sails are less for propulsion of the ship and more to help with its maneuverability. You can see they extend these booms that are normally tucked flush to the side of the ship outward, almost like the pectoral fins of like a fish. And there's more of this sail extending outward. And as the ship shifts course, Salon starting to carry out the instructions that Val has given, you see these arcane threads begin to alight. Ravnus, you and the rest of the gunners get down below deck and immediately start packing the three cannons on the port side, which is the, the cannons on the opposite side of the ones that you practiced on. Okay. You guys see the ship begin to maneuver in relation to these two ships that are now tethered abreast of each other. And you see the Voidfarer begin to go high, way above where this other battle is taking place, almost on the Marlin ship's side. As you're up there, Luckbeak and Marco in particular, since you're standing on the top deck, you see that you're probably a good couple hundred feet above the Marlin ship on the other side of it. And then the deck begins to pitch to the port side, aiming the cannons downward at the Zenith Syndicate ship, this Dwarven Draugr, where you're going to make a port side shot down onto the battle. And it's the strange sensation since the gravity is always still pulling you straight down to the deck. But you're seeing these other ships at a completely different orientation now kind of slide into view off to the one side. Ravnus, you're on a cannon with Robin and Lester and you get it loaded. And Roxana is going to hold up her hand. Wait for the captain's orders. And there's a tense moment. On top deck you see the deck begin to pitch downward and Val's standing at her spot and she goes... Fire! Roxana drops her fist. All three of these cannons go off with a resounding... And they lurch backwards. And you see tufts of smoke and dust kick up from the deck of this dragor. The stone of the ship shattering and cracking by the collision of the shot. And immediately through the gun ports, you see both of those ships are getting closer. And on the top deck, you could see that Salon is now drifting it almost sideways and downward, <laughs> almost grazing the top of both of these ships and bringing it down to the other side of the Dwarven Draugr, sandwiching it between the Voidfarer and this Marlin. In that time, all the other gunners are, after firing the shot, following their instructions and pulling out their weapons and running back up to the top deck. I imagine Ravnus follows?
0: Yeah. Yeah. She runs
1: up. At this point, I want everybody to roll for initiative. All right. Whoa.
0: <laughs> Five. Seventeen. Four.
1: Oh, boy. It's all right.
3: <laughs> Best time to get a bad roll. Worst time to get a good roll.
1: <laughs> yeah, Ravnus, you and the rest of the gunners run back up onto the deck, and you see that there are the ranged support. Marco, Luckbeak, and the others are already beginning to lay fire into the Zenith Syndicate pirates that are on the top deck of this dragger. The riggers are throwing grappling hooks and catching the draugr and pulling it abreast so you guys can board. And at this point, Val is going to shout to you, Board and sever their tethers to the marlin. Then get back as quick as you can. Ravnus, it is your turn, followed by the rest of the gunners. Your goal is to free the marlin.
0: Okay, so she's going to uh, try to do that then. She goes and she tries to free the marlin. I don't know how far she can get.
1: You are starting your turn at the top of the stairs from below deck. You could get to the edge of the Voidfarer in 15 feet and then across the gangplank with an additional 10. Yeah. And then it's 20 feet from there to the other side. To get all the way to the other grapple, you need to move 45 feet.
0: Can she do... um, So you can't double move in 5e, right?
1: You can, but it uses your action to dash.
0: Okay, um... Well, she's just going to get over there.
1: With your movement, you can get onto their deck. There are their crew there, and you're probably going to have to fight your way across their deck. Gotcha. So you could get on and then make an attack instead and then try to move the rest of the way on your next turn.
0: Yeah. Okay. So then she'll do that. She'll move, get onto the ship and attack.
1: Yeah, you get on and you see that the Xena Syndicate crew is made up of a variety of races. There's a couple humans, halflings, gnomes, a dwarf or two, a couple tieflings. You even see there is a Duragar, a gray dwarf, on the deck as well. But you can run across the deck and you find yourself face-to-face with one of their human crew members who draws a cutlass.
0: Okay, she's going to attack him with her longsword. Okay. That is a 17. That does hit five damage
1: ow you run in and just quickly bring down your long sword on him and he recoils backwards holding the wound glaring at you. You see that Robin and Lester and even Roxana is going to join this fray. And you're also joined by the dragonborn Vereth is there, the dwarf Tira, and they're jumping over and attacking. And you see what Roxana. She doesn't even use the gangplank. She leaps from one deck to the other and brings her axe down into one of the pirates, and he just instantly dies. Nice. Like she cleaves through his shoulder, through his clavicle, and out the other side of his ribcage. Oof. So they have now boarded and are engaging all of the crew of this Xena Syndicate ship. You see that the Salvager's Guild crew is fighting their own battle on the deck of their ship with the Xena Syndicate members that have boarded this Marlin. Uh, Luckbeak.
3: Um, so who do I have eyes on here?
1: Like, enemy-wise? Yeah. You see that a bunch of pretty typical pirate-looking bandit guys. You see there's a Doragar on the deck who's fighting his way through. He looks pretty formidable. And these pirates are, like I said, all races. You see a couple humans, a couple tieflings, mm. um, some gnomes, some...
3: Um... Is there somebody manning a cannon station? You do not see any
1: cannons on the top deck. There is a catapult that is mounted on a, a raised platform towards the aft of the ship. Sure. But it doesn't look like it is currently manned. It looks like everyone who would have been on that are now trying to board or were originally trying to board this other ship before you guys showed up to ruin their day.
3: And then final question. Do I see anyone who is obviously a wizard or sorcerer or otherwise magic user?
1: Make a perception check gotcha 18 yeah you do you see what looks like a more wizardly fellow um, he's a he's a human <laughs>
3: that sounds classist
1: <laughs> he has he has a beard and a pointed hat okay I mean, got it like, well yeah hard to. how hard would you describe to, that's it? <laughs> fair <laughs> uh but yeah he has a spell book out and he has a long white beard
3: all right it's somebody's grandpa reading a story to their grandson and i'm about <laughs> to kill this guy <laughs>
1: but no he's he's a wizard and you see him casting spells all right his focus seemed to have been on the other ship but now that you guys have arrived he's turning his focus on on you.
3: uh i'm going to uh oh man uh i shouldn't even be doing this uh i think i'm gonna i'm gonna unload a crossbow bolt on him though oh wait i'm going to take a bonus action nick to aim
1: i was waiting for it <laughs> since you don't have to move right uh, and then i'm going to shoot and what is that just ad- advantage it gives you advantage and if sneak you attack. hit you get sneak attack because you had advantage there's
3: a 19 and a 14 plus my attack him. bonus so i'm sure i hit him so sneak attack as well
1: sneak attack as well
3: okay. that's a two and a six and a four so 12 damage in total
1: oh wow he turns to you guys and you see him beginning to cast a spell it almost looks in the direction of like where val is standing up on the quarter deck behind you but before he can do that your crossbow bolt just lands right into his shoulder uh, and he recoils backwards surprised and his eyes go wide as he's scanning the deck where it came from it doesn't drop him but it dealt hell of a lot of damage okay he doesn't look like he has a whole lot of those left <laughs> <Okay>. in him.
3: <laughs> i say to marco oh shit it hit him in the shoulder That's the hero's wound. That means he's a main character. He's not supposed to die immediately.
2: So you're saying I should chuck an ice knife at his face?
3: I don't know. If we kill him, are we the villains?
1: I can't beat that logic. Are we the baddies? (laughs) Only one way to find out. (laughs) Uh, Marco, it is, in fact, your turn.
2: All right, um, is there, like, a cluster of bad guys?
1: Yes, but they're intermingled with good guys at this point.
2: All right, um, follow-up question. Is there any way that I could chuck something that would shatter within five feet and not hit one of my allies?
1: Uh, yeah, you can do that.
2: Okay, that's what I'm looking for. So, uh, I'm gonna cast Ice Knife. So, my arcane focus starts to glow, and a Ice Knife literally shoots out of my hand and towards, like... Yeah, you know, let's go with Wizard Boy.
1: Sure. <laughs> Is that an attack roll, or does he have to make a save?
2: Uh, it's an attack roll, and then ev- him and everyone within five feet of him has to make a dexterity saving throw. Sure. So I'll start with the attack
1: roll. All right. That's a nat 20. Holy fuck, that's a crazy- great <laughs> 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 Shit. Okay, well.
0: Get fucked.
1: All right, roll times two, right? Uh, you roll the damage die twice, and then you add the modifier once.
2: There is no modifier, so it's just uh, 10 piercing damage as the knife hits him. Then it shatters Uh, him and everyone around him must make a dexterity saving throw or take 2d6 cold damage.
1: Well, spoiler alert, he failed Hmm. because he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to say that there was two of his crew members next to him, but there was also Lester was just barely in that range. Oof. So, for the first of his crew, that's a 8. That fails. Then 10. That fails. And then Lester gets a 14. That passes. Just barely with 14. Perfect. 7
2: damage. Ow. As the ice knife digs into him and explodes.
1: Yeah, so you see Luckbeak's crossbow bolt go into his shoulder and then Luckbeak says, "Oh man, he didn't die." <laughs> So then you send a shot at him and it looks like it's going to hit him in the other shoulder, but he moves at just the wrong time and it hits him right in the eye. And he stands there stunned for a minute and then the ice shatters. His head explodes and you see the two pirates near him get blasted with cold air. And Lester was nearby fighting one of those pirates and he dodges back just in time and looks back at you with a confused look on his face. And then like a nod of respect.
2: Oh, bonus action. Sorry, Lester. <laughs> <laughs> looks over and is like, well, if we're the bad guys, that's quite a way to do it. I
1: guess. <laughs> <laughs> so the other range support are going to let loose a few volleys. You see Ismini cast Firebolt and hit one of the other bandits who catches fire and kind of bats it out. Kale loses a crossbow bolt and he's going to miss. Kensley's going to fire one and hit a bandit. And yeah, you guys are just continuing to volley downward. All right. At that point, point ravness this Duragar is having seen you jump aboard and attack this one bandit who is looking pretty bloody this Duragar, this gray dwarf is going to come barging towards you drawing his war pick and he's not going to swing it he's actually going to slam it into the ground and you see his form swell to twice its normal size as he is now standing 10 feet tall looming down on you
0: Well, shit. Okay.
1: That's all he's going to do for now, since enlarging was his action. But the other crew members are going to continue to fight. You see two charge up to fight Roxana, but she doesn't seem too concerned. One of the pirates who just got blasted with the cold is going to attack Lester and is going to hit him, but it doesn't look like it's too serious. And the battle continues to just rage on this deck. Ravness, it is now your turn with the rest of the gunners.
0: Okay, she's going to... um Is the gray dwarf in uh, attack range?
1: He is.
0: All right. She's going to try to kick his ass. Do it. And she swings her long sword and probably hits with a, a 24. That does hit. Okay. That is really good. That is a 12.
1: He grows this huge size and you just like take a step back and see him now towering over you and then just steal yourself and without really even thinking about it, bring your sword across and it gets him in the side of the gut and he grunts and glares down at you. He seems intent on making you pay for that. Roxana is going to attack one of the bandits that is attacking her and deals a pretty bad wound, but he still seems to be barely standing. She is going to start moving five feet to the other side to where the tethers are that you guys are supposed to be undoing, but she's still staying within range of this fight. Robin does manage to get all the way across and is going to use her action to cut one of the ropes that is grappling the Marlin ship. There are three remaining. The Salvager's Guild fighters on the other side, they're still fighting, but they now are very much aware that you're there. And they were confused at first because you kind of came in over the top of them out of nowhere, basically. But now that they see that you're fighting the Zenith Syndicate, it kind of has reinvigorated them and they are continuing to hold their ground against the assault on their deck. Some of the Zenith Syndicate fighters have turned to see that they're being boarded from the other side and now look like they're trying to come back over to fight you guys off. Uh, Luckby.
3: Ugh, so, I mean, we're not exactly friendly with the Salvagers' Guild, right?
1: No. And that seems to be the general like consensus, which is why Elmsworth and a good amount of the crew seem surprised that Val was taking this action. Yeah. But her intent definitely seems to be to save the salvagers. Sure.
3: sure. 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 Uh, okay. Well then I guess I just, uh, volley another shot over the side of the railing.
1: Okay. Um, um are you, are you targeting anyone in particular or just,
3: if there's anybody who looks, uh, formidable, uh, you know, more so than the others, but if, if they all just look like mooks, then I'll just,
1: uh, you Did just see this Duragar grow twice his size and is bearing down on Ravenus.
3: So he's the size he's the size of a normal person. I guess I could okay, go ahead.
1: (laughs) No, he's bigger than that. He's the size of like an ogre. Okay. Um not quite as tall, but definitely big and broad, standing about ten feet tall. Okay. You do see that there is a wounded pirate right next to Ravnus that she attacked that she didn't kill before yeah. this duergar arrived.
3: Is she facing the duergar or is she facing the, the wounded person?
1: She's facing the duergar.
3: Okay, then I'll I'll kill the wounded person or try okay. at least. God, I don't know how Luckbeak feels about killing people. There's no way to do a non-lethal crossbow shot. No, there's not.
1: <laughs> You could, you could like try to like cold shot his knee. Yeah. But the thing is, is that that would impose disadvantage on your shot. Yeah. Which you could aim to negate it. Yeah. uh, Yeah. If you wanted. But the problem is, is that in this context, that doesn't actually stop him fighting.
3: Okay. Well, what the fuck? Then here's what I'll do. Uh, I'm going to take the metal point part of an arrow and snap it off so that it's just a blunt piece of wood. Uh, And then I'm going to try to shoot the guy in the head. So I assume I, I can't aim because I'm breaking off the thing.
1: Um, You do get, like, one free interact with object okay. around, so that that's that. Okay. But since you are snapping the weight of your arrow off, sure. your attack is going to be made with disadvantage anyway. Sure. But you can still aim to negate. Okay.
3: So so just roll the die is what you're telling me. <laughs> we had to walk through the process.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was
3: it was a long road there, but I, I we got there. <laughs> all right, right. Here we go.
1: And to parse it all out.
3: Well... <laughs> I'm glad it was worth it. That would be a five.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You definitely see why crossbow bolts are designed the way they are. Uh Because the tension string releases and this bolt just flips end over end straight up. Yeah.
3: Got it. Got
1: it. Okay. (laughs) And it lands on the deck next to you.
3: Absolutely.
2: Well, failed experiment. Marco. Is there anybody behind the Durger?
1: There's a lot of people. The deck is full of people fighting.
2: Within five feet?
1: Of him? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Totes.
2: Mm -hmm. my friends
1: (laughs) well Ravnus is within five feet of the dogar
2: i'm thinking of dropping a flaming sphere right on his ass
1: oh well then
2: and i think uh, well okay i'm thinking that's now a bad idea because then i'll just have a giant ball of flame skirting around this entire thing where half of the people fighting are my friends so
1: that is true you do have a bunch of your friendlies in the middle of this scrum
2: yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna try to play it safer this time um and by that, I mean I might hit Ravnus with a shard of ice, so...
0: <laughs> Neat.
2: I'm going to cast my second first level spell to cast Ice Knife again. Okay. Now, there was a guy next to the Durger, right?
1: Yeah, that was the one that Luckbeak tried to shoot at. In-
2: All right, well, he's about to get Ice Knifed, or attempted.
1: Well, unfortunately, um, Ravnus is still next to him, too.
2: It's rough, <laughs> I have to admit, She can
1: handle it. <laughs> that's
2: why can I'm thinking, she? like...
0: <laughs> she she still has kind of low hit points from the last episode i will say oh, oh yeah Jesus. that's
1: right
2: <laughs> most of my yeah. attacks have an area of effect to it so that's the problem here um <laughs>
0: marco marco doesn't like ravness that much it's fine
2: you would be surprised at how much he likes ravness
1: <laughs> they were gonna be friends
2: <laughs> yeah he just wants to be friends with ravness yeah <laughs> All right, so we're going to have to play this extra special save and just cast the cantrip Acid Splash on the Durger.
1: What's the range on Acid Splash?
2: Uh, 60 feet. Okay, you're good. Yeah, I thought so.
1: And that's a, a deck save?
2: That is a deck save, correct. 14 is the save.
1: He doesn't have a bonus, but I rolled a 19.
2: Then, yeah, he just, uh, even with his large size, it just kind of acid mm-hmm. flops onto the stone.
1: Kinsley's going to take a shot... That one is going to miss Elwin, who he's a gunner, but he's not like a hand to hand fighter. He has a long bow. So he's standing back with you guys and he looses an arrow at the pirate that's next to Ravnus and he does in fact hit and he kills that guy. Um, so Ravnus, you see an arrow thump into flesh right next to you and that guy just yelp and collapse.
0: This is the human?
1: The human. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, and then the others are going to send volleys into the crowd, and some are going to hit, and some are going to miss, and it's just a chaotic battle. So, this duergar is going to attack you, Ravnus, with his now gigantic war pick. 17 to hit you.
0: Um. Yeah, that hits.
1: Yeah, he brings his war pick down on you, slams it into you, and deals 11 piercing damage.
0: Oh, Oh, buddy. Okay, Ravness is down to one hit point. Oh shit! So please do not do that again. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no promises.
0: Nicholas.
1: All right. A couple of the others are going to attack Roxana. Uh, one's going to hit, one's going to miss, but she doesn't seem slowed at all. Uh, Ravness is just now your turn.
0: Okay. Um, she is going to do. Uh, she's going to swing her long sword again. Oh, well, actually, no. How bad off does this guy look?
1: He looks... He's not quite bloodied. So he still has more than half his hit points.
0: And do the hits that she is doing seem like they're like really affecting him? or They affect
1: him just as much as you would expect. Okay. You did only hit him once, and he does look like he's bleeding pretty heavily.
0: Yeah. Okay. So she is going to uh, swing her sword. Okay. And hit this motherfucker. Maybe. Um, maybe not. That's ten.
1: That misses.
0: Okay. She's going to complete the plan that I had originally, which is to use an action surge
1: okay. and
0: try it again. And maybe not miss this time and definitely miss with a seven.
1: <laughs> so you swing your longsword and it glances off of his enlarged scale mail with a clang. And then you breathe heavy and with a like guttural shout, you swing again and it glances off his scale mail another time as he kind of turns his shoulders.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and blood is just pouring out of your wounds and you're breathing heavy.
0: Um. Yeah, she's not doing great. And uh, she's going to stay there because I'm going to hope that he is killed before his turn. <laughs> because an attack of opportunity would just wipe her the hell out right now. So.
1: Okay, yeah. So Roxana, who was on her way to the other tether, sees that display and is actually going to switch course and come up behind this duogar and attack and is going to hit him. Let's see. Ten damage. And that doesn't quite kill him, but it's close. The other fighters are continuing to fight. Lester fights off the other pirate that was over next to him uh, near where the wizard died and kill him. And is going to move to one of the other tethers and is ready to cut that line next thing. One of the Salvagers Guild members on the other side manages to get to one of the grappling hooks and pulls it out. So now there are only two tethers remaining. So at that point, Scriv, who has been standing back as support up where Luckbeak and Marco is... He's kind of standing at the gun rails looking down on everything. And he's going to see you and go. Ravness, a world lingers in the void of aberrant delight. Oh how Forgekind parlays with the knowledge of well-deserved morale. A vast and cast healing word with his poem.
0: Yay! I love Scriv. <laughs> There's a reason why he's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Same. Is he your favorite or Ravnus's favorite? He's
0: definitely not Ravnus' favorite. He's my favorite. Ravnus doesn't have a favorite
1: yet. He's gonna cast that at second level. So you heal seven hit points.
0: Not bad, not bad.
1: Alrighty. Okay, Marco, it's your turn.
2: Alright. Let me ask, is there is any of the grappling hooks within range of me? 60 feet?
1: uh yeah that would be
2: okay so um do these tethers look to be like rope or something like that anything that could be damaged by fire or acid
1: they are rope
2: so with that being said i think i'm gonna cast flaming sphere on the rope
1: you can totally do that
2: so yeah um so i don't need to make any rolls for that so i just a ball of fire just appears right at the uh hook and right on the uh the uh rope okay um, it would just kind of sit there, I suppose, but
1: yeah. how much damage does that do?
2: 2d6 fire damage.
1: Um, okay. Yeah. It just says the sphere ignites flammable objects, which the rope definitely is. So I'll say that the, the rope has caught fire. So it'll probably break in a round or two. Uh, and you see the the hemp rope begin to burn and the fire start traveling the rope just a little bit out of the confines of the sphere in both directions. Okay. Luckbeak, it's your turn.
3: Okay. Um, okay. Uh, Duergar has a war pick.
1: Big old war pick. Yeah.
3: Um, I'm going to use Mage Hand to wrench it out of his hands. Um, Mage Hand can hold like eight pounds, right? Or something?
1: It's 10 pounds, ten pounds. but it, it specifically says you can't take objects that are being possessed by another mm, creature. I've... It just doesn't work. I've
3: made me. a very wrong character choice in that I've decided that Luckbeak doesn't want to kill people. This is a bad idea. So <laughs> um, so uh, I'm going to, uh, well, I'm going to get some non lethal weapons after this battle, but right now I think I'm going to, oh, geez. You know what? I think I will try to kneecap uh, the Dragar.
1: Okay. So you'd be making called a called shot at disadvantage, but aim. if you, yeah. you can take the aim you got it. as your cunning action. That is correct.
3: Oh, natural one! There it is.
1: <laughs> oh no! All right, um,
0: man, we're all rolling like shit.
1: <laughs> Saker, high or low? Uh, let's go low. Okay. Uh, roll, roll again. Six. Yeah, an attack roll.
3: Uh, six plus three is nine.
1: Yeah, you fire. You totally miss the duergar. The arrow actually glances harmlessly off of ravnus's armor.
3: Okay. Good. Wow.
1: And Ravnus, you hear like a, a rattle of your chainmail as a crossbow bolt brushes past. I
3: peek my head above the bow and I say, I'm a rigger. I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to be doing this.
1: <laughs> you're not even a rigger. You're a failed rigger. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> Ravnus just glares over her shoulder. <laughs> she will remember this. Oh, no.
3: Don't tell Tail Me. <laughs>
1: All right. The other ranged people are going to fire and tit a couple more of the crew. Actually, um, Kale lands a lucky shot that kills one of the pirates on the deck, and it frees up Tira, the dwarf gunner who is fighting with a warhammer on the deck. It frees her up so she can get to one of the grappled lines, the one that's not being burned by Marco currently. Let's see. Nope, he is still going to attack Ravnus. So the Duragar is going to swing, and that is going to be a thirteen to hit.
0: No, he does not hit.
1: All right, you're like you're looking over your shoulder at Luckbeak, and you happen to look back just in time to see him bringing down the war pick, and you're able to leap to the side as it crashes into the stone deck beneath your feet, cracking the stone. So, yeah, they're going to attack some of the other crew members. Robin is actually going to take a pretty nasty wound there. She cries out in pain, but she seems fine for the most part. It is Ravnus' turn.
0: Uh, Ravnus is going to swing at this fellow in front of her again, Uh, now that she has been healed a little bit by Scriv. Oh, son of a beekeeper. That is an 11 and not going to... Or, no, that's an 8. I don't
1: know how to do math. It doesn't hit. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. That misses. Uh, Roxana's turn and she's going to swing. Oof. Is only going to be a 14, which is going to miss him. So Tira, the, the dwarven gunner, is going to run up to the other line and is going to pull out a dagger and cut it. So the only line now that's tethering them is the... The burning line, which looks like it's going to go at any minute. Uh, Luckie, it's your turn.
3: Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to um, I'm going to take a shot at the burning line. Okay. Because that that's the last thing connecting the boats, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh that's what he's going to do.
1: Okay, go ahead and make a shot. Um, it is disadvantage. Um, so you know the trail now. Yeah.
3: Oh, whoop. so I uh, disadvantage, but me aiming. Uh, so that would have been my first yeah. roll, which was a 17 plus three is a 20 anyway.
1: All right. Go ahead and uh, roll damage.
3: Doki That's a six.
1: Yeah. You kind of fire right on the edge of where Marco's flaming sphere is, where you can see that the burning rope is already grown weak. And like, as it's beginning to burn, there's just the last few strands holding on and you fire your crossbow bolt and... It severs the line, and the you see the burning line kind of drops between the two ships. Perfect. And the marlin jerks and starts drifting outward. Seeing that, Val says, send up the signal flag. And you see the riggers raise a flag with a specific pattern on it. Ravnus, you would know this is the pattern for basically, like, danger flee. And in this context, the signal is telling the salvagers guild ship to just GTFO, which they probably didn't need told that, but, <laughs> but that's the message being conveyed. Marco, your flaming seer is still hovering in the air there, but the rope is now completely severed.
2: Um, all right. So, um, what's the nearest like bad guy do? That's like on somebody else. That's on one of our friends.
1: Uh, the Durgar is still alive bearing down and he looks really hurt. But he's still a threat to Roxana and Ravnus. There's a few others on the deck, and you see that your gunners are now trying to get back to the Voidfarer, having successfully cut the tethers between this uh, Dwarven Draugr and the Marlin ship.
2: Um, I'm going to, as a bonus action, yank uh, the Flaming Sphere towards the Durger.
1: Okay. Yeah, you could do that. It Uh, makes a deck save? Correct. That is going to be an 11
2: and that is a fail okay 2d6 coming at you
1: six six damage as you bring this a flaming sphere in the the fire kind of sparks and how would you like it to completely emulate this durgar uh Woo! how do you want to do this
2: so who is directly in front of the durgar
1: Ravnus and roxana
2: so uh rap what ravness and roxana see is essentially like this Durgar standing there and suddenly just there's this bright light getting brighter and brighter. And then like a bowling ball just rolls over top of him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, You see this orange glow come from like the, the Durgar is momentarily backlit with like orange glow. And then suddenly fire begins to burst upward from behind it as he lets out a guttural scream and just gets enveloped in fire as this uh, sphere just overtakes him. And he screams and his flesh burns as he shrinks down to his normal size, unmoving.
2: Uh, So, yeah, I'm just going to leave the Flaming Sphere there and be like, well, we're going to make sure you're not getting <laughs> up.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's dead now, but some of the other crew are still alive. One is going to try and attack Roxana, but miss. One is going to try and attack Robin and hit. They're definitely now angry at you guys. They don't seem to care too much about the Marlin ship that's getting away. They're now just... <laughs> pissed and vindictive against you guys so that's their turn Ravnus it's your turn and the Gunners and it looks like Robin Lester and the rest are now trying to get back to the void fair <laughs> so following Val's instructions so that you guys can turn tail and gtfo
0: okay so this is gonna make me sound really stupid because this would have like come in handy uh, a bunch of times. So far, this podcast, can I cast jump on myself? You can. So she's going to do that. And I really wish I would have remembered it during that chase scene like that we did a couple episodes <laughs> ago. But she's going to cast jump on herself and try to use that to get back to the Voidfarer.
1: Sure. Let me see. It just means your jump distance is tripled. So go ahead and make an athletic strike.
0: That is a 15.
1: Yeah, you easily do it. You leap and land on the quarter deck, actually, not even the main deck, uh, next to Val. Or up in that area, at the very least.
0: Neato burrito. Okay, so now that everyone knows that I have that, please don't let me forget it again. (laughs) (laughs) Boing! Yeah, everyone watches and is like, why the fuck hasn't she been doing that this whole time?
1: (laughs) Would have been handy a long time ago. You could have cleared the chasm in the Beholder fight super easy (laughs) i know
0: there's so many times where this would have come (laughs) in such handy and (laughs) i just have completely forgotten about it so no
1: it's it's just you know Ravnus is self-conscious about her githyanki abilities (laughs) and only now that she's been with the voidfarer for a week is she comfortable using them yeah
0: so now she's like you know all the cool stuff she can do
1: so yeah you're you are now out of harm's way back on the ship The other gunners are going to work their way towards the edge. Roxana is going to kill a fool. Yeah, totally. Uh, The guy that just hit her, she's going to turn around and basically just lop his head off and run back to the deck. Uh, Lester and Robin get back, and the others are in the process of doing the same. Orella is actually not far from you, Ravness, uh, from where you landed. She was hanging back to provide support. And when you land, uh, seeing how wounded you are, she is going to cast Cure Wounds.
0: She's the one that doesn't like me, right? Right. Yeah, that's why I did that, just to yeet myself right to the cleric.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to the cleric. Heels, please. Yeah.
2: I'm coming for those sweet heels.
1: <laughs> oh wow, she rolled well. Nice. You heal eighteen. Wow.
0: She does secretly like me.
3: <laughs> I feel a potential
1: romance. Okay. Uh lucky.
3: I mean, what do we still have to contend with here? The other ship is floating away.
1: The other ship is floating away, but there's still pirate crew members of the Zenith Syndicate attempting to keep your gunners from escaping. Mm. There are a couple people still in harm's way. Nobody you know super well, but like the other gunners of the ship are still trying to flee. So there are targets you can still shoot at uh, um, if you'd like.
3: So there are Zenith Syndicate members on our ship? Not on okay. your ship. They're on their Got ship.
1: It. Your crew members are trying to get back to your ship. Understood. They're trying to stop yep. them.
3: <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. Then I am going to um take a crossbow shot at um oh one of the is there someone who is maybe like grappling one of our members or someone who is you know what i mean like yeah
1: in okay. fact uh there is a tiefling bandit that is grappling with tira uh
3: okay so i'm going to take a called shot on the tiefling bandits uh oh hell we'll make it shoulder again and uh okay. uh I'm going to uh to aim and then do that. So I'll just take one roll. Okay. God damn, that's a 10.
1: That does I miss. Figured. Oh, um <laughs> high or low? <laughs> Let's go high this time. You do miss your called shot. Uh it was high. Uh and it hits him in the head. Roll damage. Oh
3: Jesus. Does this is this a sneak attack?
1: Uh yeah. <laughs> Great.
3: Yeah that's a 14 14 damage Ugh, don't say it
1: yeah he's Jesus super dead crazy. okay <laughs> <laughs> so he's grappling and you're trying to aim on his shoulder and for whatever reason you get bumped and you jerk up slightly and it just hits him in the temple yeah. and he slumps over and lets go of t and she kind of looks up and she goes Ah, oh, thank you uh,
3: i don't even think i respond i'm just looking wide-eyed at the battle
1: that was a hell of a shot <laughs> No response. (laughs) Accidentally deadly. All
2: right, Marco and Luckbeak are gonna have to have a conversation later for
3: sure. Yeah, (laughs) you can
2: find me in my crying (laughs) pool. Because I think Marco might have a similar uh, feeling about killing people. Yeah.
1: Oh, boy. What? Ravness, you're <laughs> alone. <laughs> this is bullshit.
0: <laughs>
2: I don't think like Marco's going to have as much of a volatile response as Luckbeak is, but he's certainly like, I'm a man of science.
1: Yeah. I
2: was not expecting to murder people, yeah. but here we are.
1: Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> uh, yeah, Marco, it is your turn.
2: So I'm going to use Flaming Sphere mainly now as kind of a deterrent to yeah. Yeah, just to try to like give my guys uh some breathing room to get back on her ship. So it's now just like just a flame of sphere trying to cut off anybody who's going to try to grapple or Yeah,
1: you could definitely do that. You can interpose it between the bad guys and your guys as they try to get back to your ship.
2: Yeah, so that's what I'm doing.
1: Yeah. Okay, they're going to continue to try and stop the crew, but for the most part, everyone is, especially with your sphere there, the last few gunners that went across to fight uh, the last of the boarding party, which was Tira, Verith, and uh, Ormond, they all clamber back aboard, and they'll turn and begin yanking the tethers, and the Voidfarer is now free. When that happens, Val shouts into the tube that she's using to communicate with Salon, saying, All right, we're free! let's turn tail and get out of here and the ship begins pulling away from the xena syndicate ship turning tail and beginning to put some distance
2: um marco's going to breathe for what he thinks is the first time in a while and slump
1: to the deck
3: yeah <laughs> luck be too yeah.
1: Ravenous, you're up by Val and as the ship is turning away and starting to put some distance, you do see this axe-headed dwarven ship now turn in your direction to make pursuit. And you see this, like, the blades of the double-headed axe sticking out both sides of the front, long, curved, a dwarven-like axe blade. Points that in your guys' direction. And you see these big stone rings spin with, like, the orange arcane energy as it's speeding up to try and pursuit. Don't worry. Salon is one of the most powerful spell-jamming mages in the system. They'll be able to outrun a rune drive, Val says confidently.
3: Why did we help the Salvagers' Guild?
1: If I had to choose between dealing with the Salvagers' Guild and dealing with the Xenus Syndicate, I would much rather have some good will with them.
3: Why'd you have to choose? They were fighting each other.
1: Yeah. Not everyone in the Salvagers' Guild are assholes. The leadership certainly is. And there's a lot of pricks there, but how many crew members like yourselves... Would have died had we not interceded. Well,
3: how many of our crew members almost did,
1: Val? These are people we know. Better the (laughs) devil you know than the devil you don't. Jesus. If I hadn't met you, you could have been on that ship. You all, most of this crew, were almost part of the Salvagers Guild. The organization might be shit, but... They're still made of people. Is that the- Marco's um, going
2: to like try to put like an arm around Luckbeak to make sure he doesn't do anything to oh, eventually I, I, I regret.
3: I brush his arm off immediately, and I point at her with my cute little flipper. And I say... <laughs> I say... Where we come from, we care about the people that we care about. And there may be other people out there, but we can't help everybody, Val. You go around trying to help everybody, and God damn it, you're going to get somebody killed. Now, this ain't my ship, and I don't make the calls, but you can be damn sure that I ain't fighting on your behalf for some nobodies anymore. You understand me?
1: If you don't like the way I run my ship, feel free to get off at any time. I just can't guarantee I'm going to stop for you.
2: Uh, I think- I- I'm going to be like, Luckbeak. Luckbeak, come on, man.
3: Uh, relax. Uh, forget it, Marco. It's Chinatown. Uh, I'm going to storm back
1: to my room. As you begin to walk away, Elmsworth speaks up and goes, um, captain, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but they're closing distance. And Val looks surprised and turns back towards the ship. And you see these large rune rings that are hovering behind into each side of the ship, spinning. And the glowing orange runes etched into them are glowing brighter and brighter as it... As arcane energy arcs and the ship is speeding towards you guys. And Val looks surprised, her eyes grow wide, and she goes, Salon, are we at full speed? And uh and you hear Salon's voice coming up through this brass pipe, going, Yes, Captain, I'm giving it all she's got. <laughs> <laughs> and Val goes, I've never seen a rune drive like that. This dwarven ship is fast catching up. Val is actually gonna look at Brohane and say, What is this? This is different. They've they must have upgraded my designs. Found a different source for the rune magic. I've never seen the orange glow before, and it's usually green, he says
2: to Val. Should we prepare to fight again?
1: Val's gonna turn to you and says, yes. Everybody back to battle stations! Prepare the broadsides! Get people back on the ballet Prepare to Prepare to try and stop them. Hey everyone, Nick here, your friendly neighborhood dungeon master. As always, thanks again for listening. This is our second episode of Chapter 2. If you're liking what you're hearing, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. That super helps us out. Also, come say hi on our social things. At Voidfarer Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and at Voidfarer on Twitter. I actually shared some of my homebrew material that appeared in last episode, specifically the stat block for the Asteroid Jumper and Asteroid Jumper Swarm, and my rules for the card game Spacer's Gambit. I'm hoping to be able to do more of that sort of thing, so if that sounds like cool things that you want to include in your games at home, go check them out. Next up, shout out to our producer Tom Goldthwait for our awesome theme song and other original music. Additional music provided by purple-planet.com. Lastly, Tom and Fiona, our very own Ravness, have launched their own podcast called Big Streaming Pile, where they discuss the best bad movies streaming has to offer. You can check out their first three episodes now, and you can follow them at Big Streaming Pile Podcast on Facebook and at Big Stream Pile on Twitter. Our next episode of Tales of the Voidfarer will land on Tuesday, December 10th, and we have some fun different things in the works, so stay tuned for those announcements. Now without further ado, let's jump back into the action. Val has just shouted for everybody to get back to battle stations as you are now in pursuit by this Zenith Syndicate Dwarven Draugr ship, this stone ship with this double-bladed axe head. As you guys are scrambling to get into position, you see the orange arcane energy of its rune rings that are propelling it towards you guys grow brighter as the ship grows closer. Is there anything in particular you want to do before this ship is on top of you?
2: I do. Considering that we have the time, I'm going to cast mage armor on myself. Okay. So my AC is now 14? Yeah, 14.
1: Okay. Marco and Rabnus, is there anything you guys want to do?
0: Not me. She's just going to kind of like be prepared to run where she needs to go, which I'm assuming right now is down to the uh, gunner place. I don't know what it's called. The gun deck? Yeah, that.
1: Yeah. It does look like the gunners are going down that way. And you see that the gunners that were on the ballista loose one of the ballista bolts and it sails forward and shatters off the front of the stone ship looking like it does basically nothing. And the ship is getting closer and closer. Uh, Ravnus, you go down below deck. Luckbeak, was there anything you wanted uh, to do? I'm in my damn room. Duh. Well, you didn't get very far when Elmsworth shouted that the ship is now gaining, and Val has now shouted like you were all, you had just turned to walk away when that happened. So you can still choose to do that, but it looks like people are running around and now preparing for another no, fight.
3: Damn it! I will also prepare for a fight. Even though I'm not happy with Val. You're not the only yeah. one, it looks like.
1: At least a handful of others seem to share your sentiment.
3: Okay. Uh, no, I, I prep. Okay. So you're just yep, kind of yep, ready yep. your
1: crossbow again yep, yep. on the deck. Cool. Sounds good. Val is, especially when it seems like they're not gonna be able to outrun, she's gonna shout to Salon, bring the ship around, let's see if we can line up a Val cuts off. There's another burst of arcane energy from the pursuing ship, and it speeds up even more. Prepare for impact! And there's a slam. And I need everybody to make a strength saving throw.
2: Oh, sweet fucking god.
0: Oh, hey. Ah, <laughs> uh, son of a beekeeper. 12. 11. Okay. 13.
1: None of those were good enough. You guys are all knocked <laughs> prone. As the entire Voidfarer shudders, you see just debris fly into the air off the starboard side as the ship grinding past and you can't see off the side of the ship, but you are certain one of these massive axe blades is carving the length of the ship. The Draugr lurches to a stop as its bow almost gets to the Voidfarer's bow and then drifts outward. Grappling hooks fly across the gap as the Xena Syndicate pirates appear to be getting ready to board. So the Voidfarer has completely stopped. It's been rocked by this impact, but it seems to be stopped accelerating as well, almost like something has disrupted Salon's connection on the helm. Uh, Ravnus, you're standing on the deck. It looks like these pirates are getting ready to board, but none of them have made it across yet. What would you like to do?
0: Ravnus is going to get her ass up and, Mm -hmm. um, she is... your
1: movement to stand.
0: I know, <laughs> and um, she is going to get her long sword out again and uh, get ready to attack.
1: Okay, you do have enough movement to at the very least move to like the gunwale to try and attack anybody that should come on if you'd like.
0: Yeah, so she's going to go over to the edge and uh, hold her attack until someone tries to reward, and then she's going to slash them in the face.
1: Yeah, the other gunners are basically going to do the same. Some of them who did get below deck are going to reemerge, drawing their weapons and do the same. It is now Luckbeak's turn. You do see more crew has emerged from the below decks of this Dwarven Draugr ship. You see that there is not one, but four more of those Duragar. Jesus. And there's more pirate bandits. They all seem to be getting ready to board the Voidfarer.
2: Well, that's just not
3: fair. Um... How close is their ship?
1: Uh, it is, uh, you know. butted up against ours? Yeah. Tit to tit.
3: <laughs> um, all right. I didn't think I'd be popping this so soon. I'm going to uh, pop the cork off my potion of climbing. Okay. And I'm going to drink it. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to dive off the side of our ship. And um, I'm going to. Uh, uh, oh, wait. I'm thinking spider climb. Regular climb doesn't allow me to, like, stick to things, does it?
1: No, it just gives you a climb speed, I believe. Oh, shit. So it still needs to be a (laughs) climbable surface. However, the side of the ship is decently climbable. I would allow it. Um, okay.
2: I'm sorry. All I could picture is this fucking penguin just drinking a bottle and yeeting himself off the (laughs) side of the ship. (laughs) Oh, shit.
3: I was thinking spider (laughs) climb.
1: Um... Okay, so what it does is it gives you a climbing speed equal to your walking speed. So okay, you still it. have to handhold and foothold stuff. Um, to... Oh, during this time you have advantage on strength checks you make to climb. Yeah, that's if you're doing anything outside of the normal climbing sure. thing. So if you get hit, have to yeah. hold on or make any leaps while climbing or anything along those lines. Okay. You have advantage. I'm
3: going to uh, – first I'm going to get up. Uh, And then uh, I'm going to kind of climb uh, down the side of our ship and and, uh, onto the side of their ship.
1: You can do it. As you climb down, you see that the whole side of the hall of the Voidfarer has been split and basically like a can opener, the whole length from the back all the way up to the front, Jesus. a couple decks down. And you see that there's debris floating everywhere. And you see maybe about 15, 20 feet out a pair of spectacles. Uh oh. That look like coot? Uh, no. Oh, thank they look God. like glasses of minute seeing oh. that you just saw earlier. And you notice that a bunch of the cargo, including the treasure that you just got, is now floating out into space. Oh
3: shit, how much of it is reachable? None (laughs) from
1: where you're at. Uh, Let's see. It's pouring out of the side of the ship, scattering out, propelled by the impact, floating out to the edges of the gravity plane, way out of your reach. And it's among wood, shrapnel, and other debris from this impact. What a waste.
3: Yeah, uh, well, I... God damn it, that is breaking poor Luckbeak's heart. <laughs> um,
1: all right. So, yeah, you can climb down to where they're close enough to reach across and grab onto the side of the Draugr. It is a little bit tougher to climb because it is stone, okay. but it is intricately carved. It's like very dwarven. Sure. So, there's a lot of like the Celtic knot, you know, decorative carving all along the outside of this thing that you can squeeze your little flipper fingers in right. climb, aided by your spell. Okay. Were you trying to go up the other side or around? I'm going or down do?
3: and looking for any uh, point of entrance into their ship, an open, you know, port that a cannon was coming out of or something. I'm looking for any entrance.
1: Okay. Let me look at the map. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can see that there looks like it's like a circular, uh, large port of some sort about. 10 10 to 15 feet down from the top deck. That's where I'm heading. Okay, you do that. You can get there, but that's all you can do. That'll be your turn. So now it is Marco's turn. Marco, you see the crew on the other ship have now grappled and are now going to board. Ravnus and the other gunners are up ready to receive them. You see Luckbeak drink a potion and just scurry over the side of the ship and out of sight. And
2: (laughs) I look at that, I was just like, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. (laughs) but uh i got a whole lot of ugly in front of me so i'm gonna stand up first off half Mm -hmm. movement um i am going to use my last first level spell and cast ice knife and just chuck the fucker in the middle of the people just wherever there's the largest cluster
1: yeah you can do that um go and roll a d6 for me
2: all right uh so that's a three
1: in addition to your target will hit three additional people okay so here i go with uh, at least my attack here you go again on your own
2: yeah pretty much um so that is going to be a dirty 20 a non-natural 20 you hit all right oh 10 damage nice and then yeah
1: that looks like that guy's barely hanging on
2: um all around him the three people that are around him make their dexterity saving throws
1: he gets a nine Fail. Which is probably going to kill him. The other three people, that's an 18. Pass. A 8. Fail. And a 7. So three fails and a pass. Okay. All right,
2: that's a four. Four damage.
1: Uh, okay. Yeah, the the guy that you hit just dies. You know, he he manages to survive the initial impact, but as the cold bursts outward, it does him in.
2: Okay, so with my last 15 feet of movement, I'm going to start making my way towards uh, Salon.
1: Okay. You do that.
2: Like, we need to get the fuck out of here, and he's not moving, so. Yeah. So he's going to go make sure that Salon's not dead, because if he is, then Marco's going to have to do this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Although, interesting point of order, and we haven't talked about it yet, Luckbeak could technically fly the ship now.
3: Why? Is that? Oh, because I'm Magic Adept, sure.
1: Yeah. It wouldn't go super fast, but it would function. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All
2: right.
1: The speed is based off of your highest unexpended spell slot.
2: If you put the car in second drive and just don't ship out. (laughs) I'm giving it all she's got, Captain. We're going half the speed of smell. All
1: right. So, uh, yeah, you start moving in that direction. It'll take you a round or two to get there, though. That makes sense. So they start boarding. Ravnus, one of the pirates, leaps across the gap and you can make your attack.
0: Okay. Seven to hit, which I bet misses.
1: Yeah, it does. He's a tiefling. He jumps and his foot lands on the gunwale in front of you. And he jumps upward over your blade as you swing sideways at him and lands on the deck next to you. Okay. Um, and he's going to attack you. That's going to be a 18. Yes. You take four slashing damage as he swings at you with his cutlass.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to put these dice aside. They have not been serving me well tonight.
1: (laughs) They're in timeout. Yeah. So a couple of the other bandits are going to attempt to board. The other gunners, the fighters on board, are going to basically do what you did. Attack them as soon as they come in range. Two varying levels of success. Some do get on, like the one that you fought. Some are stopped. The four Duragar enlarge, and all four of them jump over your guys' heads. The boards creak. As all of them land on the other side of your line on the deck. And they get into fighting stances with their war picks, um, But that's all they can do for now since they enlarged. There are four of them.
0: Neat. We had so much fun with one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, now it is Ravnus and the Gunner's turn. All right. Uh, Ravnus, you have the guy right next to you that hit you. There's a couple of these Durgar behind you guys and a few other pirates that have successfully boarded.
0: So it's just kind of like a random pirate next to me, yeah? Yeah. Okay. So uh, she's going to go over to the Durogar and try to mm-hmm. hit them, and hopefully this new dice will work. That's a lot better. That's a 19.
1: That does hit.
2: I love the way that's you said it. that, though. Just a very matter-of-factual, I'm going to walk over and hit him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the
1: pirate does get an attack of opportunity against you, though, because yeah, you're range. Yeah, that's fine. That is only going to be a 12.
0: No, that does not hit.
1: Yeah. So you, he swings and you dodge it and you get up to the Durgar. And uh, go ahead and roll your damage.
0: That is a 12 damage.
1: 12 damage.
0: Or er, wait, okay. 13 damage. Sorry. I don't know how to do that.
1: <laughs> Stop lying to me, Fiona. <laughs> I need a
0: little calculator. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. The other gunners are going to attack. Roxana is going to basically call out one of these Durgar and try to, you know, 1v1 me, bro. And she is going to hit him. So then the other gunners are going to attack and melee just kind of breaks out. The fighting is breaking out between your fighters and gunners and their boarding party. And then a couple arrows come from the edges and you see that there is Elwynn, the half-elf gunner. He's standing now up on the poop deck in the very back near the ballista and has launched an arrow down into the fray, embedding it in one of the duergar. And you see that a dagger kind of flies from above into one of the pirates. And you see that Jack and Tatters, the tabaxi, has chucked a dagger from the rigging and everybody seems to be part- Participating and trying to fight off this boarding party. So uh, it is now Luckbeak's turn. All right. Tell me what I see. You see the large porthole itself has like a brass frame and like a durable glass pane, but it does look like it can be opened. So it would cost your action since you're like climbing while doing it uh that's fine i'll do that okay and you need to make a climbing check but you can do it as advantage as you you know reach to open it with one hand and cling on at the same time okay strength athletics
3: okay so 14
1: yeah you do it just fine okay between your flipper fingers and your webbed feet the power of the motion has allowed you to somehow cling to the surface despite this and you reach over and find a latch And are able to pry it open. I'm going to do so quietly just in case there are people in here. Make a cell check. Sure.
3: 11. Okay. Uh, Noted. (laughs) Okay. Noted. Thanks. Wonderful. Wonderful thing to hear from the DM. Okay. Uh, and what's in here
1: this looks like it is looks like a rather lavish quarters of some sort it's actually weird looking into the ship it looks underground it looks like this might be like an in room in like a dwarven city almost because the walls are masoned stone mm-hmm. the floor is like a dirty stone and there's like wall sconces that are burning fire and, sure you know there's no one in here however and it looks like it's like a a stateroom of some sort sure uh, I'm just kind of wandering along in here and,
3: and talking to myself and saying, like, all right, well, this seemed like a really clever plan. But what the hell are you going to do now, kid? Are you going to, like, uh, g- g- get him at, at crossbow, uh, like, uh, point and, and force him to dismount? Um, God. All, all right. Uh, let, let's just see what we are. I'm going to uh, is there obviously there's a door in this room at the other end.
1: Yes, there was one door directly across from the eight-foot portal that you sure. entered through.
3: Okay, I'm quietly opening it and peeking out into the whatever?
1: Yes, you peek out into that chamber, and it's like a ten-foot-by-ten, like, atrium um, or, like, like foyer. There's a door on each of the other three walls. And one is actually, like, slightly ajar, and you can actually see a figure walking down a hallway away from you. It looks like you may have just missed them passing through this area by seconds.
3: Okay. Uh, I'm going to uh, try one of the other rooms.
1: Okay. A room straight across from you. There's a room to your left, and then the door that's ajar, that's a hallway, is on your right. Okay. Let's go left real quick. Okay. You open it, and it looks like it's a chart room. And then there's a door directly across... Jesus. And you're heading towards the the four of the ship. Damn, it, this is
3: a bad idea. I'm going to get captioned. I'm going to get caught. Um, all right. Um, uh, if this is the charting room, I'm at least going to try to, like, grab a map or two that gives some idea as to where they were going or what they were going
1: to. Uh,
3: there's probably no plans in here, but at least some map for where they were going.
1: There's a circular table in the middle, Mm -hmm. but it's built into the floor. It's like a stone masoned circular platform. And there's a metal instrument that looks like an orrery Mm -hmm. hanging from the ceiling that resembles like a solar system. But you go up to the table, like expecting to see maps and instruments. And you look in and it's a pit of sand. I look up. Is there some projection coming down? When you went up, did you touch the edge of the table? I'm sure I would have. Yeah. Okay. And the minute you do, Like you're just placing your hands like on the stone. You see little grains of sand begin to levitate out of the sand pit and they coalesce into little clusters. And you notice that they're forming tiny little ships and they're now floating in places among this orrery. And you can see it looks like the placement of other ships in this ship's fleet. And you actually see there's a larger cluster of sand that's floating in a close orbit of a nearby planet an asteroid. It looks like a dwarven citadel. Even the little effigy of it made out of these sand grains looks like there's like a dwarven structure carved into it. But the thing that strikes you is it doesn't look like a castle or anything. It looks like a fortress or perhaps a prison.
3: Okay. Interesting. Sure. I probably get the idea that it's by dwarves, a jail by dwarves, not a jail for dwarves, or maybe both.
1: You have heard about an asteroid prison before. right? Yes. You learned about the headquarters of the Xena Syndicate. Right. Is a prison that they took over. And you are on a Xena Syndicate ship.
3: Okay. Uh, I'm going to note that. And then I guess, can I, can I mess with, I'm going to try and grab
1: one of the other ships. So you reach out and touch it. And actually all of the other sand grains, except for that one, fall back into the pit. And that one stays right there. And then more sand grains begin to raise out and add to it. And it grows. And it's now a model of a ship that's probably about two feet long sure, made out of these floating granules of sand floating in front of okay, you.
3: Okay, I double-clicked it. Okay. You double-clicked it and it zoomed. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> but it's this sand hologram, Got it. Okay, cool.
1: Cool. Uh, Marco, you are heading towards the helm room.
2: You said it'd take about two turns to get to him, right?
1: Roughly. So, uh, you can get to, like, the chart room here, open the door and get in, but it would take your, like, next turn to go through the other door and get into that room.
2: Okay, considering if I were to move at full speed, um, I'm going to move 30 feet. Uh, as close okay. as I can get, I'm going to pull out a copper wire from my bag and cast the cantrip message okay. to Ceylon.
1: So you're going to point in, like, the direction that you know the helm is.
2: Yeah, exactly. What do you say? Ceylon, are you Okay. What, what do you need to be like, Like, uh, he, I, he, he's actually stuttering, by the way. It, uh, <laughs> what do you need? Is everything okay?
1: Okay. Yeah. And you hear the response saying, Marco. Yes. Yes. I'm fine. The impact, um, it it stunned me for a moment. I'm, I'm fine. I'm, as soon as we're free of the grapples, I can pull away.
2: So cool. So I'm just going to turn around to the everyone else and scream, cut the grapples. As if, like, they don't need to know that, but still. <laughs> yeah, it
1: seems like that's a pretty obvious thing. But you feel better having conveyed that message. Yeah. Okay, so then it is now their turn. Actually, Marco, one of the pirates that boarded is actually going to run up to you and swing his cutlass at you. Uh, That is going to be a 19 to hit.
2: Uh, that, That's definitely
1: going to hit me. Oh, I rolled poorly. You take two slashing damage. Ow. Ravnus, one of the Doergar, is going to attack you. Okay. That is going to be a 13 to hit. Nope. Okay, one of the bandits is going to attack you. Cool. That's going to be a 17 to hit. Yep. You take four slashing damage. Nice. So the other Durgar is going to attack Roxana. He does hit, but Roxana kind of just tanks through it. One of the duerogars is going to hit Lester and kind of knock him prone. And he kind of lets out a a cry of pain and uh, is knocked to the ground. He rolls over, but still holding his sword. He still has some fight in him. Robin is going to be fighting one of the others as well, but she's still holding her own. Yeah. So now you see more of the riggers and stuff are now providing support. Like Meryl and Melinda have both dropped from the rigging and are flanking one of the pirates, Melinda has daggers and Meryl has a short sword and they're tag teaming him. And he's kind of overwhelmed just by the fact that these two little halflings are coordinating with each other so fluidly that he can't keep up. You see Scuttlebutt actually drop from the rigging and land on one of the pirates and just plunge a dagger into his neck. Luckbeak, we're back to you.
3: Sure. So I have this thing pulled up here. Is there any other way to interact with it that I can uh, kind of understand? I'm poking at it and prodding at it.
1: Yeah, when you kind of poke it, it almost like you can turn it and rotate it in the air Mm -hmm. and it. The sand grains do like disturb when you touch it, but it does move and reforms itself when you let go. The one thing you notice is this ship is not the ship that you're on currently. Okay. It's a different Draugr. And you know that because while the ship you're on has this like dwarven axe design off of the front, the ship you're looking at in this sand hologram has a massive blunt mace or morning star like front.
3: Interesting.
1: And it looks like if this ship got up to speed, it could punch a hole straight through an Elven Armada-class ship.
3: Uh, I'm just uh, clicking it and looking for the delete ship button. <laughs> delete ship? Yeah, you know, just... You can't find... Mm.
1: However, uh, like, when you do it, you see that there are, like, little Dwarven script appear in the air out of sand as well oh, next shit. to it. Uh, like, it's the name of the ship did or I something.
3: take fucking Dwarven? I didn't. Damn it. Okay, I took Elvin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, well, uh, if there's no options or anything, then I'm just going to continue on i guess although i will pull out um some sort of uh do can can i do i have like a notebook or something that i can like at least like the relative locations and like copy down my best approximation of the dwarven script sure okay cool great that's what i want to do then
1: uh go ahead and just make a quick intelligence check and do just to see how accurately you can emulate the script without actually knowing what the symbols and shapes
3: sure that'll be a 22
1: yeah you're pretty confident in it cool
3: I'm just tracing it. I'm holding it up in the air. and. Tra- <laughs> um, okay. So uh, at that point then. <sighs> that's probably yeah, going to be turn, your turn, sure. though.
1: Yeah. Uh, and it, you do hear the sounds of people moving around, but they seem distant. It seems that the commotion above is drawing most people's attention that would otherwise be here. Gotcha. All right. Uh, Marco.
2: Okay.
1: You have a pirate that just attacked you right in front of you. And you know Salon is Okay.
2: Can I see the bindings from where I am, even with this burly dude in front of me?
1: You can see some of them, yeah.
2: Okay, um, so, I'm gonna provoke an attack of opportunity and try to, like, just run past him.
1: Okay, he will gladly take it. That's going to be a 19. That's gonna hit me. Uh, you take... Four slashing damage.
2: All right, I am down to 20 HP. And after I run past him, I'm just going to cast Flaming Sphere on one of the ropes. You do it. Yeah, so that happens. And the next turn, I'm just going to yank it across the uh, hole.
1: Yeah, you definitely could do that.
2: But that's my turn. Okay.
1: So the one thing you do see... And now that it is their turn, you see two figures that you haven't seen before emerge from below decks on their ship and they head towards the gangplank. It is a well-armored hobgoblin with a bandana over his head tied back. And there's like the excess that hangs about all the way down his back. And he strides out onto the deck and he definitely has an air of importance about him. And in his wake, standing a good foot, foot and a half taller than him is this brutish female bugbear. And her hair on her face and like neck is in all of these braids. Like basically all of her exposed hair is braided, but she looks tough as nails dragging this huge spiked club. And they both emerge and cross to board. As soon as he steps foot on the deck, he goes... All right. Bring me the head of Captain Valeria Rain, and none of this violence needs to continue. And the Xena Syndicate, the Duragar, and the other pirates stop for a moment, kind of waiting to see what you guys do. And, like, a lot of the other crew are tentatively waiting to see what's going to happen now as well. Like, even Roxana's breathing heavy. She doesn't look like she's about to give up a fight, but at the moment, she's at the very least going to wait this out just a moment. Val is standing there on the deck, and she is actually curious to see what's going to happen now, too. Um, Brohane standing up there, as well as Elmsworth um, is standing up there. Uh, Ravniss?
0: Um... Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, okay. Who is still around me?
1: Uh, there are two big Durgar and I think still a pirate.
0: Since the hobgoblin is not yet over here, Ravnus is going to still try to hit one of the uh, Durgar. So natural 20 on the (laughs) Durgar.
1: All right, go ahead and roll damage.
0: Okie dokie. Let me find another... D10. There's so many dice that it's like hard to pick out. Okay, here's one. That is really, really good. That is also 20 damage.
1: Shit. Uh so yeah, that kills him.
0: <laughs> Neat.
1: So they kind of lower their guard when their captain steps on the deck, and you take an opportunity to just drive your sword through its chest, and it shrinks back <laughs> down to its normal side and collapses on the ground. <laughs> And this hobgoblin's gonna look at you and go, If you don't stand down, I'm gonna run you through myself.
0: <laughs> <I'm> so- <laughs> he's just gonna
1: stare at you with these yellow eyes.
0: Okie dokie. So um, I am going to turn to Roxana. And uh, nod at her, and in that nod, I'm going to figuratively give her a superiority dice via rally. And that is a bonus action. So now she gets temporary HP equal to her charisma plus a superiority die roll. Your charisma. My charisma.
1: Yeah, it's it's your charisma plus a superiority. Well, that's gotta be huge though, right? <laughs>
0: I've rolled an eight, so she gets nine temporary HP.
1: Nice. And she'll nod back at you and kind of glare at this hobgoblin. And there's a pause as, like, the air kind of hangs. And the hobgoblin is going to say again, The option is yours. All you have to do is bring me her head. And Marco, you see Melinda, who is behind Val, look around kind of nervously, and no one's watching her, and she doesn't see that you see her, and she pulls out a dagger.
0: Melinda, you bitch.
1: Before she has a chance to do anything, though, Brohane is going to speak up and say, Fuck this asshole! We're going to fight! And fighting just breaks out again. And actually, when Brohane says that, Ira springs forth from over the side of the ship and immediately attacks two of the pirates on her own. Just out of nowhere, this mechanical spider. And the whirring gears and everything clicking. And Brohane is pulling out two hand axes and joining the fray himself as well. So, Marco, it's your turn. You have your flaming sphere burning. Oh, I was going to yeet it at the hobgoblin. You could do it. Yeah, so, um... He's now drawn his sword as well.
2: Yeah, like um, he just rolls it into the hobgoblin.
1: He makes a save. That's going to be an 18.
2: He is going to pass that one.
1: Okay. Uh, does he take any damage or no? Four. Okay, so he takes four damage.
2: How are those ropes looking?
1: The one tether has broken. Okay. But there are two others. So he takes that. He's, he's surprised that the flaming sphere suddenly moves. He's going to cry out in pain and then glare at you.
2: Marco's just as surprised as he is.
1: <laughs> Luckbeak back on the ship. Yeah. You don't know any of that shit's going
3: on. Right. Okay. Next room. I very
1: carefully open that door. Okay. You do so. And this looks like it is a room that doesn't have any windows or other doors out of it.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: there is probably a dozen or so pillars that are floor to ceiling made out of stone and different banding all around them and uh, all the way around each band of these pillars are glowing orange runes
3: okay
1: Uh, i'm gonna go up this is basically like a dwarven rune magic server bank
3: oh okay um oh boy probably don't want to touch them then Um, uh, what the heck? You know, actually I'll mage hand one of them. I just want to see if I touch one of them, if something happens, but I don't want to touch it with my fingers because I'm afraid I'll explode. Fair. Go ahead and make a spellcaster check. Oh boy. What is my spellcasting stat even? I took bard stuff. So I think it's charisma.
1: Yeah. So it'd be charisma. Uh,
3: okay. So I rolled a, uh, non-natural 20.
1: Okay. When, when it touches it, You see the mage hand, the spectral hand, begin to, like, kind of almost distort and warp as, like, the the blue energy of your hand kind Mm -hmm. of mingles with the orange rune energy. And you have to strain to keep the spell up. But otherwise, nothing else happens.
3: Okay, so nothing noticeably with the ship or anything like that.
1: Yeah. It seems like these runes are very magic, and it's like the magic is, like, kind of overpowering your spell.
3: Sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, any portholes in this room? Any ways out? No. Egress? No.
1: The do- only, only one door. Okie
3: dokie. I guess I'm heading back and taking one of the other two doors that I didn't take in the bigger hallway.
1: Okay. Uh, so there was the one across from you or the hallway?
3: Uh, I'll take the one across, although I suspect it's another guest room.
1: It is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's head down that hallway carefully. So you kind of head back and it would be your whole turn to get through that door. Sure. And you get to like a junction. The hallway continues straight for another like 40 feet before stopping. And there's a lot of doors on both sides. But at this immediate T-junction, you see that to the left and the right, there are two ballistae that are aiming down large openings out the side of the ship. Okay. And then you do see that there are a staircase ascending and descending at this junction as well. Were you still stealthing?
3: Yes. Oh, I was trying to at least, yes.
1: What was your stealth roll? I think it was like 11. Jeez, I don't remember. You can roll again.
3: Okay. Tom, let's rewind the tape. <laughs> <coughs> uh, I got a 15.
1: 15? Okay.
3: What's in the ballista? Crossbow bolts?
1: Yeah, they're large ballista bolts. It yeah, okay. uh, doesn't look like either of them are currently loaded. Okay. But you do see there are ammo lockers next to them. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, this is going to end your turn getting here. Yep. But you do hear a voice. It's weird. It's in your head. Almost like you're communicating with another Doar, but it's not a Doar. Okay. And he goes, oh, what are you doing here, little one? And you turn and you look and you see a three cream, a mantis oh, person. Yeah. And it's like clicking its mandibles at you, but you hear its voice in your head. And uh, that's your turn. Okay. All right. So, Ravenous, it's your turn.
0: Ravenous, it's my turn. Um. Okay. So, yeah, she's going to go to the other Durgar and try to attack... This fellow too. Okay. Cause she didn't she didn't see Melinda like do that, right?
1: No, she didn't Yeah, not. she'd missed that. Marco saw that though.
0: Yeah, Marco saw that.
2: So I saw that Melinda pulled out a knife. Yeah. Good to know.
1: But now that fighting has broken out again, she's continued to fight the Xena Syndicate with her brother.
2: Yeah, just you know, making a mental note, you know, Marco will remember that. He's gonna right. tell tell her.
1: <laughs> right. You're attacking a Duragar, right? Yes. or were you going to attack the captain, the hobgoblin?
0: Well, is the captain closer?
1: Uh, he's not, but you could move in a relatively short order to get to him if you'd like.
0: Could I keep my roll and do that?
1: You can. You would provoke an attack of opportunity from the Duragar though.
0: That's fine.
1: Okay, he will take it. That's going to be a 16 to hit.
0: Yep, that hits.
1: You take He's in big boy mode, too. You take 11 piercing damage.
0: Son of a bitch. Okay, she's at six hit points, but she's still going to go over to the captain. And okay. uh, she goes over to the captain, swings her longsword for uh, 16 plus 5 is 21. And uh, she is also going to spend a superiority die to do distracting strike.
1: Okay. Uh, you do hit. So you can roll damage.
0: Uh, 10 plus 3 is 13.
1: Does distracting strike add to your damage as well?
0: Yes. So I add my superiority die to my damage, and uh, others have advantage when attacking the creature before the start of my next turn.
1: Cool. So you do it, and he recoils, and he bears his teeth at you. And he goes, you will be one of my more glorious kills and roxana is going to follow you to him she's gonna take an attack of opportunity from one of the other pirates but he's gonna miss and she's gonna attack him gladly using the advantage that you gave her and she crits him
0: nice.
1: so she's gonna deal a solid 18 damage to him
0: nice and he's
1: like already not looking good so, the others are going to fight the Durgar and they deal some decent blows. Both the fighters on the ground and the riggers sending volleys downward. They're kind of getting pummeled from all directions. It is now their turn. And he pulled his sword and made that comment to you. Roxana jumps up, immediately hits him, and his disposition immediately changes. He is going to use his action to disengage. <laughs> and he is going to move back across the back across the gangplank, and he's going to say, Mulgra, get them! Talking to the bugbear, and she's going to step forward and attack you, Ravnus. Okay. She's going to swing her massive fuck-off Morningstar at you.
0: Awesome. <laughs>
1: and she just criticled.
0: Okay, cool. Humphrey. I might die.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this isn't going to be good. Okay, I, I rolled pretty shitty, but that's still gonna be a 12.
0: Yeah, no, uh, Ravenous is now unconscious.
1: Okay. So, yeah, you just immediately fall unconscious.
0: Neat.
1: is standing right there and she sees that happen.
0: Save me, Roxana.
1: The other pirates and stuff are fighting, but having seen their captain immediately flee, looks like their morale isn't doing too hot.
0: He got hit like two times. <laughs>
1: They were big times, though.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but still.
1: (laughs) So, I kind of fucked up all the the order, but I'm going to keep the order I've been doing, uh, just to keep things kind of together. Marco, it's your turn.
2: All right. Well, I guess Marco is going to use the flaming sphere to try to burn the rest of the ropes.
1: Yeah, you can do that. And you can get one more cut, so there's only one remaining.
2: All right. Doing what I can with the flaming sphere, and... Um, I'm gonna at least, like, try to move towards Ravness with my
1: movement. Yeah, you can do that.
2: Yeah, I think that's it for me. Well, actually, moving the sphere is a bonus action, so... Okay. I'd still have an action to do something.
1: Yeah, well, you could cast the spell so long as it's not another concentration spell.
2: Alright, let me see here. Doo doo boop doo boop doo Okay, uh, so with my other action, I'm going to cast Acid Splash Cantrip on the other rope.
1: Okay! Um, I know Acid Splash is a saving throw spell, but I'm going to have you make an attack roll here to see if you can to hit the rope.
2: No, I, I get I get what you're going at here.
1: Because if you miss it, it's just going to fly out into space.
2: <laughs> 14.
1: That does hit it. So go ahead and roll damage. Two. That's exactly what you needed. Sweet. The rope is as the acid eats through the hemp rope and the rope goes slack and drops. So yeah, the Voidfarer is now free. It hasn't drifted away just yet. There is still a gangplank, but the gangplank isn't actually holding anything there. It's just laid across the gap. A lot of the the syndicate pirates are now kind of panicking, and they're going to start trying to jump the gap and head back over to their ship so they don't get stranded on your guys' ship, piecing the fuck out, having seen that the grapples are broken.
2: Yeah, that's what I was hoping for.
1: (laughs) Yes. Luckbeak. Yes. This three crane is tall. It's like seven feet tall, bipedal, but it has four chitinous arms hanging there. And it's kind of holding both sets of its hands in front of it uh, and cocking its head at you. And its pincers and you hear in your mind, aren't you a clever one then?
3: i think i i swing around with my crossbow and i'm like holding it at him and kind of taking a couple steps backwards but i'm saying um now now let's let's be cool I- i'll warn you i already killed one of your boys today
1: i fully believe you One as cunning as you as to sneak aboard this ship when everyone else was preoccupied
3: he's hitting on you <laughs> <laughs> kiss 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 um, Tell me
1: what is your name, my doha friend
3: uh well that's that's none of your business buddy uh listen just leave me alone and point point the quickest way out and, and 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 I'll be gone,
1: certainly, but I just merely was asking your name because I think the suzerain would be quite interested in someone of your cunning uh in any case, the fastest way back to your ship would be probably through the gun. Portal. And uh, he points to the ballista because you see that there is an opening down a short distance, and you just can make out the side of the voidfarer. Sure. Um, through there. Uh, okay. Or well, there are the decks above, but I would not expect the others to be as understanding as I. Well,
3: I, I, I appreciate it. I, 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 I don't. I don't know why you're doing this, but I I really do appreciate it. I, uh no 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 harm, no foul. Uh, y- you know I, I thank you.
1: It is my pleasure. I will be telling the suzerain of this interaction. If you would wish to come forward, I'm sure he would be most impressed.
3: All right. Uh, well, you you can tell him Luckbeak Humboldt did it.
1: Luckbeak Humboldt? Yeah. I will tell him. Okay. Uh- be on your way now, Luckbeak Humboldt. Wow. Before others stumble across you.
3: Uh, thank you. What, what's your name?
1: My name is
3: Tak Chu. All right. Well, well thank you, Tak Chu. I, I appreciate that. And then I scurry up the, the, the weapons hole.
1: Yeah, you can use your movement. You have movement action. You squeeze past the ballista and find yourself out an opening only twenty feet or so down from the opening you entered through, uh, and there is a ten foot gap. You do see dangling a burning rope and see rope on the other side and realize the void fair is now no longer tethered oh, to the ship. Fuck. But it is still only ten feet away.
3: Okay. Now oh boy, can I jump ten feet?
1: <laughs> Probably, right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. You would have an advantage on grabbing the voidfarer on the other side sure. with your potion still. Is there
3: anybody on deck that I recognize?
1: You can't see the deck. You're way below that. Yeah, deck. that's right. You are, you're on the side of the ship. Hokey dokey. Boy, oh boy. So uh... now you can jump and grab one of the dangling ropes now.
3: Yeah, I will try that.
1: Okay. So first things first, go ahead and make either an athletics check or an acrobatics check. And then you can make a um, an athletics check with advantage to climb to grab the rope. Sure.
3: So that's a two for my acro or three for my oh, acrobatics. No. Oh no! <laughs> and okay. Yeah. So what? Okay. What happens here?
1: So you go and jump, and you get a running start, and your webbed feet slip, and you kind of stumble like the cat jumping out the window. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly what happens, and you fall in the gap, but luckily the gravity plane of both of these ships is only about three feet below the deck you were standing on. Okay. So you end up bobbing now, and your momentum actually carries you across the gap, and you hit the void fairer and can grab on to the side.
3: Okay, I will do that and then scurry up to the rope or the deck.
1: Yeah, and you can scurry up to the rope, and you won't be able to get all the way up, but you can get about halfway up.
3: Yep, Okay.
1: Uh, you pull yourself up to the gash. It's so wide you could step in to the gash onto the Orlop deck, the sure. cargo deck, if you want to do that.
3: Oh, my God, absolutely, because there's a shit ton of treasure in here that nobody will ever miss because it yeah. went out
1: into the ether. <laughs> you see boxes and crates shattered, and more importantly, towards the fore of the ship, you see Yuri's shop, is, which was nestled on the starboard corner, obliterated. And you can just barely make out amongst debris a very bloodied and not moving Yuri. Oh, jeez. Okay. And that's your turn. All right. So now, uh, Ravnus, I need you to make a death saving throw.
0: Okie dokie. That was a gill die. And it did fuck me a little bit. That is a three.
1: Okay, that's a failure.
0: (laughs) All right. Gil... (laughs)
1: You receive five hit points as you slowly come back to consciousness to hear the tail end of another Scriv poem. Okay. (laughs) Forged kind, in Sybaris's mysteries. That's the tail end of the poem.
0: (laughs) Ravna's kind of like blinks to herself and... uh... Is definitely disoriented, but here's like the dustlit tones of, of Skriv wafting through the air.
1: <laughs> right. So the rest of the gunners are going to continue to fight, but now, having seen their captain flee and the ship untethered, most of the other pirates are now fleeing, including the Duragar and this bugbear. The last thing they want is to be stranded on the ship, as much as they still want to fight. So they're all going to roll out. Roxana is going to take an attack of opportunity against the bugbear and get a good hit holy hell that was almost a crit and she's gonna gash the back of the bugbear and the bugbear is gonna let out this guttural scream as she jumps away and the are gonna jump away as well marco it is your turn
2: so first off i'm going to run to ravness
1: yeah uh, you see ravness is now conscious
2: okay just making sure just like the standby says like are you okay are you okay make sure and then like uh just as an act of deterrence flaming sphere around just to make sure that they're running away
1: yeah you can do that and they're gonna continue to run the the deck seems to be clear now Luckbeak. yes you see yuri in a pile of debris bloody and unconscious what do you do
3: i i think before i even see i'm like gathering up like gold pieces and then i look over like the trail of blood and i'm like oh fuck um all right uh, uh a uh, me- uh, medic cleric anybody um I'm just gonna kinda uh, yell out uh, for um Scriv or anyone who's who's around
1: okay you are two decks down from the top deck where sure. well, the action is happening but you could do that
3: uh, I, I, and, and while I'm doing that I guess I make a medic sin check to try and at least see if, 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 if this person is still alive go ahead three
1: you don't know yeah. there's a lot of blood
3: yeah uh Okay, then I, I start scrambling and running up the stairs as fast as I can
1: Okay, you'll get up to the next deck, but that's okay. about it gotcha.
3: Screaming all the while
1: All right, so then, actually, it's going to be a dice roll Okay, we're out of rounds
3: All right Okay
1: Luckbeak, you get back up to the top deck
3: Sure Uh, 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 Screeve.
1: What is it, Lucky Comble?
3: It's it's Yuri. Uh, You need to come down. Uh,
1: He's hurt real bad, man. Uh, uh, Yes, uh, uh, of course. And he's going to start moving that way. And he's actually going to turn and say, Orella Ladare, Yuri is injured. And uh, she is going to perk up and start running in that direction as well. Okay. She is the cleric. The cleric, yeah. Marco and Ravnus, you hear this. What do you guys do? Um,
2: First off, I help Ravnus up.
0: Yeah, Ravnus just kind of shakily gets to her feet and looks at Marco and she's like, I'm alright, you can go with them if you want.
2: Marco, knowing that Ravnus is okay, gonna run after them. He doesn't have the healing spell, so God knows what he's gonna fucking do, but...
0: (laughs) Yeah, Ravnus does not... Think that she, well. She's also very hurt, and she doesn't think that she has any skills that would actually help. So she's not going to follow. Yeah,
1: better to stay out of the way. Yeah, yeah. As people are clearing the deck to go do that, Roxana is actually coming up to you, Ravnus, and she goes, "You did good." And Thanks. Kind of pat you on the on the shoulder with her big Goliath hand.
0: <laughs> Ravnus pats her on the shoulder back and says, "So did you." <laughs> All right. Kiss. So kiss. Kiss. You, <laughs>
1: Scrib and Arela get there first, and Arella is going to hold her holy symbol of Celestian and mutter a couple words quietly to herself. And then she's going to say, I'm I'm sorry, he, he is with the Far Wanderer now. Fuck. Val had come down as well, and she shares a similar subject. Shit. All right. Marco's
2: just going to lay down <laughs> on the ground. Fuck!
1: (sighs) And she's gonna turn and walk away.
3: ProjectDerail.com.